Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Tears Macabre Manor of Mead, Middle and Mayhem. I'm James. And I'm Jody. And this is part two of our Heavy Metal the Movie episodes. Because we still need to talk about the soundtrack. We do Heavy Metal part two. Yes, yes, because of the whole French thing. That, that's that's right. And and just like Hot Shots part two where... One of us is going to take our shirt off and we're going to superimpose Rambo's body on us. I would hope that's you because it definitely should not be me. (laughs) No, no. With me, we don't superimpose anything. I'm the... uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So I'm Svelte, (laughs) but I'm not Rambo. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Sorry, um, part two. What's um, uh, the 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 heavy metal soundtrack? Ooh, the soundtrack. Yes. Ooh, the soundtrack. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> well, it's not wearing green so it can hide. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, watch that. I'm gonna have to watch that when we're done with this episode. (laughs) Yes, yes, you should (laughs) fill your bagpipes with with Watina. Anyway, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, that's okay. Sorry, it's all right. It's all right. I understand. All right. Um, so soundtrack, we could do soundtrack. Okay, Would, would you like to know what I'm drinking now? I Yes, I would. All right, so by the way, your beer is called Sciency Stuff. Sciency Stuff. Ooh. Who who uh, who uh it's that? by Big Leaf Brewing in West Terre Haute, Indiana. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it's an 8.2% New England style IPA. So, my beer that I'm having that is actually almost done. I've mentioned before and I've had it before, but I thought it would match this. Uh it is called Helter Seltzer. It's a uh honey style seltzer so it's kind of like a session mead type of thing from uh scarlet lane brewing and and the reason i'm having it is because the name reminds me of of course helter skelter yes which is a song (laughs) by the beatles which makes you want to think it's heavy metal but it's not (laughs) so for a movie called heavy metal the soundtrack is not no it's for the most part there are a few, like, you know, I, I'll, I'll even give Sammy Hagar and Heavy Metal, eh, it's, it's in there. Yeah. And like the Black Sabbath has a song. Yeah. Nazareth's kind of pushing the boundaries of saying it's metal. And Blue Oyster Cult's kind of pushing the boundaries. Yes. Nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> no. Well, um, my computer will scroll, scroll down like it's supposed to. Uh, Radar Rider by Riggs gets close. It's 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 more hard rock, but yeah. So well, yeah, so let's all these are hard rock. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's 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 go through the soundtrack uh, now. Okay, and, and there's a difference. There's the soundtrack, and there's actual film score. And I'll go into the film score here too. Uh, the 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 songs as they're on the soundtrack. This is not the sequence that they appear in the movie. The the song Heavy Metal by Sammy Hagar. Um, which is about heavy metal, the, the music scene. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's actually fairly hard. I, I still would say the style is hard rock. Yeah, but it's 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 nice heavy hard rock about heavy metal and the heavy metal scene. So I'll give it a pass. Yeah, um, I'll score that as a neutral instead of a fuck no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then there's uh, there's a band called Riggs, and they've got a song on there called Heartbeat. I'm getting um, too old for this, Riggs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think Riggs is an artist. Not he, a- he, well, he is, but I think at the time the it, it, the it was the band was just called Riggs. But it's it's what Johnny Riggs or something. Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Uh, John, Jerry Johnny. Just, Jason. Joey. Yeah. It's. <laughs> um, probably one of the least metal things on here is uh, Devo but, but one of my favorite Devo songs working in a coal mine which is a, a cover and I don't know who um, I think it's been recorded several times I mean I know that song goes back to the 50s at least oh yeah it's old we could have yeah. probably put this in our folk episode yeah although I, I think it was 60s yeah yeah probably I, I'd, I mean what, early early mid 60s yeah sure uh, well here I can look it up uh, okay. 1966 Okay, so some mid sixties, and and then working uh, in a coal mine. (laughs) Sorry, but yeah, Yeah. Devo. That's not a heavy metal song, and Devo is not a heavy metal band. No, although they do whip it good. They (laughs) they they do. (laughs) So that's that's where they got their inspiration from, Jimmy Page, because Bazinga. Yes. Go back I got gotcha. you. Go back and listen to those episodes if you don't yes. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so uh, let's back up a little bit here. So, so obviously the soundtrack name comes from the magazine, not the musical style, right? Yes, and obviously. and a lot of the artists that they picked for this were up and coming at the time, not necessarily big big at the time, but some of them were but definitely up and coming at the time or had had been around for a while, like the next band, Blue Oyster Cult. One of my favorite Blue Oyster Cult songs, Veteran of the Psychic Wars. Yeah, it's a good song. Now, to kind of back up a little bit again, Blue Oyster Cult actually wrote a song for the movie. The producers decided to use Veteran of the Psychic Wars, which was not written for the movie. And they passed on the song that Blue Oyster Cult actually wrote for the movie because it literally gives away the entire plot of the Tarna segment. Yeah, which is that big last one that we, we talked about. Right. And, you know, the producers went, well, yeah, maybe not. Um, now, that song does appear on the same album that uh, Veteran of Psychic Wars does, uh, Fire of Unknown Origin. Yeah, 1981. So, Yes. And so, Jody has mentioned this before. Uh-huh. That this particular song, the one that actually went on there, Veteran of the Psychic Wars, uh-huh. uh, was written by Eric Bloom and British author Michael Moorcock. Yes, it was. Yes. Jody uh, has, yeah, Jody's mentioned that. Uh, the Elric. Yeah, the Elric saga stuff. So James is going to have a little bit of a soapbox. <laughs> and I don't know if it's going to be this song or uh, a later song. Uh, well, we may have to combine these two. Okay. Or no, I can I can do it different. It's okay. It's cool. Okay. So By the way, what you hear and hear real quick is because I finished my Helter Seltzer. Now I'm just gonna have. Uh, so if you don't want to get too tanked, a lot mm-hmm. of places are coming out with nice 
low ABV beers and Bell's has a, a nice IPA and they, they made a locale version called lighthearted ale. It's a very nice oh. uh, low ABV IPA. I, I could give a red sass about the, you know, the, yeah. it's just kind of nice to have something that doesn't get you completely tanked if you don't want to, but you still can have a nice tasty beer. Nice. And I, and I, I do like bells. So yeah, it's good. So, um, you want me to soapbox now? Well, I was I was gonna say that. I, so the next song is by Cheap Trick, and it's called "Reach Out." And I'll be there. Oh, sorry, wrong, wrong song. <laughs> but I didn't know if that was the one you were gonna soapbox about. All right. So, a couple of things. Um, we we've talked about doing an episode on Cheap Trick almost since the beginning. Like, you yeah. know, at least since the the Sweet episode came out, which was one of our our very first yeah. non-Halloween, like the November of that first year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, even then, you know, talked about maybe doing Cheap Trick. And I'm close, actually, because I've now recently gotten a couple of good books. I've read them, done some other interview research things. Uh, so it's super, super close. You know, that's as much of a warning for Jody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when it says there are two Cheap Trick songs on this album. No, there are two songs recorded by Cheap Trick. There's only one Cheap Trick song on this album. And Reach Out ain't it. Oh, it was written by Bob James and Pete Comita, who was in Cheap Trick at the time. But that's because Tom Peterson, the original bass player, left because his really hot Swedish wife told him to. <laughs> oh, Dagmar. <laughs> anyway, that'll be in the Cheap Trick episode. Yeah. Um. So nothing against Pete, but their time with Pete, like they were not peaking at that time. As far as I'm concerned. If Rick Nielsen or Robin Zander didn't have a part in writing the song, it's not really cheap trick. I can and yes, I know damn well who wrote The Flame, which is the one that got him back on top in <laughs> 88, 89, or 90. I, I know it's one of those years. I think um, we'll, but yeah. Well, we'll get to that too when we get to cheap trick. And Jody will know this person because he works with Paul Stanley of Kiss a lot. <laughs> Oh, well, never mind. That tells me who wrote it. <laughs> that was a big giveaway. I think, shit, he was writing for him, but there's somebody famous in the flame. I got to see which one is which. I've got my notes, but that's for the Cheap Trick. Okay. So there are two songs recorded by Cheap Trick, but only one of them is a Cheap Trick song. And it's not Reach Out. <laughs> well, we'll get to the other one in a minute. <laughs> yeah. The actual Bastard. Cheap Trick song. That's right. Um, so, uh, so the next song on the soundtrack is uh, also titled "Heavy Metal." Uh, it's subtitled "Taking a Ride," and it was uh, recorded as a solo song by Don Felder, who was in the Eagles. Now, say it right. I'm not just saying it as Eagles. <laughs> I know Don officially that's what it is, yeah, but you can't Eagles. just say it that way. <laughs> you can. Sure you, you can. can. Listen, it's recorded by Don Felder, who used to be in Eagles. <laughs> you can say the Eagles and not have the capitalized. No, you can't. Yeah, yeah you can. I just did. You could say, you could say the band Eagles. <laughs> Nobody's going to say that. <laughs> I am. I am right now. <laughs> You're doing it just to be obstinate. <laughs> Point being, Don Felder and the Eagles are nowhere near being metal or hard rock. 
<laughs> New nice Southern California country rock. Yeah. But they were huge at the time. They still have the, uh, they have the one um, shit, the, the top 10 best selling albums of all time. Uh, there, there are like a couple soundtracks and one compilation album. And the, the compilation album is the best of Eagles. Yes. That's, that's, that's how big Eagles are. So, going to take every opportunity. I, I know you are. That's why I'm going to move on. So, so the next artist was also nowhere near being hard rock or metal. Oh, Jesus. Um, but no. was but was in another huge band at the time, and it's Donald Fagan who had been in Steely Dan, and uh, he had a song called "True Companion" that's that's on the soundtrack. Yeah, and loves Steely Dan. Loves me some Steely Dan. Oh yeah, yeah, very very talented group, and it was it was. Ah, oh, what was the other guy's name? Because it was really just Donald Fagan and the and uh, the, the other guy, yeah, the other guy, <laughs> um, and both both of whom had several solo hits as well. And, yeah. and Walter Becker, yeah, yeah, Walter Becker. Um, so you had you had mentioned that Nazareth was on here, um, and I don't know. I think I think this song actually is off of a Nazareth album. I think most of these songs actually wound up on art, songs or albums by the artists that recorded them. Um, uh, but Nazareth's contribution was a song called Crazy, a suitable suitable case for treatment. You want to hear something neat that I sure. learned when I was researching this episode? Yeah. Did not know Nazareth were Scottish hard rock band. Uh, not sure why. I always assume they're southern in uh, southern U.S. No. No idea why. Did not know they're Scottish till um, well, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, it. That's, okay. that's all. <laughs> um, so, all right. So the next song, and, and I think I mentioned this song earlier. Um, it, it was it was the second song on the soundtrack by Riggs. Uh, it's the song Riggs. "Radar Radar Rider." Riggs, not that. Have you heard this new song by Eagles? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've heard this song by Journey. <laughs> uh, uh, open Arms by Journey great song not heavy metal nope uh grand funk railroad queen bee i you know and and at at the time when grand funk first came out there was still i think a, a lot of leeway as to what could be described as heavy metal and 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 i think because of their their sound and how heavy they were grand funk was kind of considered heavy metal way back in the day because, I mean, you're, you're talking like 1970 when they first came out. So close to when Sabbath came out, Zeppelin and Purple were, you know, in that time frame. But this, this song is uh, much later and much more commercial than uh, Grand Funk's early stuff. At now, Cheap Tricks, I Must Be Dreaming. This obviously <laughs> this is the song James considers to actually be a Cheap Trick song. Written and solely I, by Rick Nielsen. And and I I mean I and I I get what you're saying I I do because you know Robin Zander and Rick Nielsen that's well, Nielsen especially is the biggest writer and I, and and I have a story for you I did not tell you about this I don't think uh, so I'm glad I'm glad we've actually brought Cheap Trick up during this and you may you probably know this since you've read those books or you may have already known this anyway so our friend Greg that we've we've mentioned a few times. His mom got to do a meet and greet with Cheap Trick. And so Greg was telling me the story. Um, and Rick Nielsen showed 
Greg's mom, he kind of, you know, <laughs> pulled his cheek aside so that she could see his, his two teeth in the back, uh, two of his molars. He's got them crowned with the checkerboard pattern. <laughs> Did not. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I said, you know, that, that totally makes sense. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I thought that was great. So, all right, next song is uh, uh, Mob Rules by Black Sabbath. And this is actually not the version that is on the album, The Mob Rules. This is actually a different version. They, this was the first one they recorded. And if you ask Tony Iommi, I, I mean, you can't ask Ronnie James Dio now, but when he was alive, he concurred with Tony on this. Um, Geezer Butler, I think, feels the same way. Uh, Vinny Apice was in the band by that time. So um, I think he felt the same way. The guys in Sabbath at the time, felt that this was the actual better version of the song Mob Rules as opposed to the one that actually got released on the Black Sabbath album. Huh, neat. Yeah. They it it's a lot more raw. Um it's it's not quite as polished and I think that was their thinking on it was it, it actually fit the song a little bit better to have more of that raw feel to it. I would almost agree with them although I'd prefer Tony's solo on the other album on the actual black Sabbath album. But other than that, yeah, I, 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 I don't know that I'd argue with them. Um, I, I would not, but you know, and, and, and seeing that was watching this movie. That was the first time I had actually heard. Actually, that may have been the first time I'd heard any Sabbath. Cause I don't think I had actually heard any of the Aussie Sabbath stuff. First Aussie Sabbath song I heard was Iron Man. And it may have, it was around the same time, but the, the song actually plays a really big, part in the Tarna segment at the end. So uh, next on the soundtrack is, is another Don Felder song. Uh, all of you. Um, what band was he in? He was, I don't know, those guys from Southern California. Oh, um, Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eagles. <laughs> now, Trust actually, Trust is a French band or was a French band. I think they've actually broken up. Um, but they were, Trust was around for a long time. Um, and I, I would consider them heavy metal. Their, their song Prefabricated was on here. Um, Trust was, they were a big influence on bands like Anthrax. And as a matter of fact, uh, there's, a saint, uh, there's an Anthrax song I know James likes called Antisocial. You're anti-social. Anti it's a cover of a Trust song. It is. Yes. I actually knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you did. Um, and, and then the last song on there is uh, Stevie Nicks. From I'm surprised you're not going to talk about two former drummers of Trust. Uh, Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden. And Clive Burr. I think you're right. I think Clive was in Trust. Yeah. I'm going to trust you on that. That's what it's showing me on the screen right now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I figured you were looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I sure am. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. The last song on there is uh, Stevie Nicks. Uh, from Fleetwood Mac, uh, Blue Lamp. Um, again, definitely not a heavy metal style song. Now, uh, like I said, this the, the film actually has a film score. Uh, Elmer Bernstein composed it, and it was the first use of an instrument called the um, Andes Martineau, I, I guess. It sounds French. I'm not sure. It's It was kind of an early electronic musical instrument, 
um, kind of like a theremin. If you've seen Ghostbusters, he used it a lot in the Ghostbusters soundtrack. <laughs> now, the movie didn't get a quick home video release when home video became a thing. It actually didn't come out on home video until 1996. And the reason for that was when they did the original contracts for the soundtrack and they got all these bands to contribute music, they weren't anticipating home video. It's kind of the same thing that they ran into with WKRP in Cincinnati, actually using songs by contemporary bands. They weren't anticipating doing home video, so they didn't get the rights clearances to use those songs in the home video release. So it took them like 15 years to be able to put this thing out on VHS even. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad they worked it out for the most part. Yes. Yeah, because it would have really sucked to try and release this movie without the music, even though, you know, a lot of it's not heavy metal. But again, the movie's not called heavy metal because of the music. It's because it's based on the magazine. Now, kind of the, the legacy of it, I guess, um, there was a sequel made in uh, 2000. Uh, yeah. called, called heavy metal 2000 Meh. um not as i mean i i enjoyed it but me well i mean the best thing about it was julie strain me <laughs> I, I won't disagree with that but i'm still saying me yeah I, I i watched it i was entertained do i own a copy of it no are you not entertained yeah no <laughs> <laughs> now it has gotten, and I still have not watched this. It has it's gotten. Good. I like this. Yeah, I know what you're going to do. Say now, go ahead. It, it's it's gotten a a reboot, I guess, is is what they're considering it, on Netflix. I've actually not seen the second season yet. It just came. It just dropped here really recently. Yeah. Um, now the first season came out in 2019, and it's Love, Death, and Robots. So if you've seen that series, it's a reboot of heavy metal the movie um there originally was supposed to be a remake of the movie and it kind of evolved into something else so it kept getting stalled yeah and nobody wants to produce it or distribute it because it's going to be too risque just bullshit right and i mean i mean some of the people that were involved in in trying to develop this um david fincher was involved in it um Zack Snyder, Guillermo del Toro, Gore Bavinsky, James Cameron, Tenacious D were going to help out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, Robert Rodriguez, I think, is, uh, was, was involved in it, with it at one point. Um, I remember seeing his name and I'm not seeing it now that I'm looking through this. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah, there it, it is. He purchased yeah. the rights uh, back yeah. in 2011 or so and still didn't. Yeah. Didn't really go anywhere. So I, I have not watched Love, Death, and Robots. I've, I, I actually added it to my Netflix watch list before I even knew the connection. Because oh, I, I just, too. Yeah. I just thought it looked interesting. And then, you know, as we were doing research on this, I said, oh, that's, yeah. So now I definitely need to check it out. <laughs> I, but I, I love the movie. I, I would, I mean, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's, it's freaking great. Um, it's wonderful for uh, sort of a good versus evil. Yeah. Uh, with you know, good, of course, being an underdog. Mm -hmm. But it's it's part funny, part horrific, 
yeah. all violent drug and you know the movie itself is heavy metal because there's so much gratuitous sex drug use and violence <laughs> that's true even, even <laughs> if the music is not the movie yeah. is metal as fuck <laughs> yes it is <laughs> uh so uh, so what is your favorite segment i don't um well here let, let me give two other things real quick okay uh it was made for nine million dollars gross 20 million that, and, and in 1981, that was a really good return. That's a that's a nice return. And that was before they made a bunch of money when they finally got to release it on home video. Yeah. Which then bumped that up quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, the only other thing real quick, because uh, I, I wanted to make sure that was right. Going back to the very first segment where yes. the astronaut comes down in the car, Jody mentioned Elon Musk. Just want to point out on Elon Musk's dashboard, uh-huh. he has a little sticker that says "Don't panic" as a nod to Douglas Adams' <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nice. I, I knew it, I knew there's some Hitchhiker's Guide there. I couldn't remember. I had to find it, so I knew what it actually, and to make sure I wasn't dreaming it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and and I'm not entirely sure that he did he did the whole Corvette thing as an homage to the movie, but that's I mean. As soon as you see it, that's immediately what you think. Oh, was it a Corvette that he did? I thought he did one of his Tesla. Or was it? No, cars. you're right. It was a Tesla. But it's still very it's, much. Yeah, it's still very much that idea of, you know, the astronaut in a car. <laughs> so, and, and, but, but to answer your question, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if I have a favorite. My, my favorite would probably be the last one, mm-hmm. the last segment, uh, because it brings everything together. And it's just really good. Tarn is a really good. I mean, it's one of the longer ones. Yeah. It's in depth. That's really the good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good. The, the, you know, there's a piece in there that pisses me off at the end, but what are you going to do? Um, but yeah. the, the most of the, the funniest, I think, is uh, the, the um, shit. Uh, the hell's it called? Um, uh, so beautiful and so dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I do love that one. <laughs> and the scariest is uh, well, probably b17 but i would also maybe throw in um uh grim grimaldi yeah yeah because that is kind of scary but how and how it happens Mm -hmm. is yeah and you know who's there and yeah so how how about you do you i tarn is my favorite but i i would agree with you um so beautiful and so dangerous probably the funniest one although i do love stern (laughs) that that's Oh, no, I don't think I mentioned it. The twist at the end of Stern, brilliant. Just (laughs) actually two, well, two twists, but one's expected. Yeah. One's not. And the one that's not is great. Yes. (laughs) And then we do realize this is 40 years old, so it's not like spoilers will kill. But if you have seen it, you know exactly what we're talking about. And if you haven't, it is worth watching to see what we mean. Yes. Um, I love, I just, I just love this movie and it just, yeah. <laughs> well, it's good. It's only an hour and a half, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Give it a shot. Let me, uh, let's see. Double check here. If it's got the running time, 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of guessing. Yeah. I, I didn't know it was actually hour and a half exact. <laughs> no, well, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's what the, uh, that's what the Wikipedia article says. <laughs> usually pretty accurate on these things. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the Arzac paperback right now, uh, $328 on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a while before I get to read those. But uh, 
You, you can get the French edition for 35 though, and there's no words, right? You know, that's a good point. Maybe I should just do that. And if there is any actual text, I can just use Google Translate. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I might not understand completely, but I at least have a general idea of what the hell's being said. <laughs> there you go. Uh, th thanks, James. That's, that's a hey, pretty good idea. You're welcome. Yeah, because I don't know if we mentioned the comic is is much like the segment where uh, the, the, the this one segment doesn't have a lot of talking like some of the others. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I, and I will say that Tarna, like the girl in the framing story, Tarna also does not have any dialogue whatsoever. Uh, the, the character, uh, yeah, the character does not have any dialogue. And that, and when I mentioned the Tarna comic that Heavy Metal has started to publish that is one of the key things that they've kept is that the character of Tarna does not speak. Although she does manage to communicate in the comic. Cool. She, she's actually, um, I don't remember how she does. I think she writes it out, uh, what, what she wants to convey. So that's, it's communication. Yeah. Yeah. In the movie, she, um, well, uh, you'll see it. <laughs> she, she has a way of communicating in the movie too, but it's, you, 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 yeah 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 you want to hear uh, something neat sure so according to this website i found because uh, and i just found it uh there, there's an actual website devoted to tarna <laughs> not surprised but from uh, what they're saying and they do have a reference originally there are 12 short stories in the screenplay for heavy metal mm -hmm. and arzak the, the comic that jody's been mentioning was supposed to be the narrative link up between the segments but Due to legal and financial complications in Europe, the negotiations fell through for that. Oh, that would have actually fit very well, I think. Could have. So, uh, well, I guess I would have to read the comic or or see what they're doing. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like like I said, I've I don't know a lot about the Arzak comic. I just um, I know, I know visually it very much influences the Tarna segment. Well, yeah, you know, like I said, that's that's her on the cover art, the the poster art, and the the thing she is flying is is out of the the Arzak comics because that's what the character Arzak travels around on. But that's mostly what I know. That and the uh, the landscapes that they they that they had for the Tarna segment, um, that stuff comes out of Mobius's Arzak comic. But the character of Tarna does not, as far as I know. Like she was a, she was an original creation for the movie. Cool. But you know, she, she's become iconic for the movie and I think for the magazine itself. So, and the artwork, let's see here, I believe his name is Chris Achilleos. Yes, Chris Achilleos. He is the one who did the the movie poster and they they still literally use his movie poster for the for the the home video stuff um they they've never come up with a different design and he was the one i think who came up with the conceptual artwork for tarna um so that was what they based her, her look on in the movie and i've actually looked up he's he's got a website and um he's got some samples of books of his artwork that have been released and uh some of his tarna artwork is is in those books cool so so that that's that's our episode on uh heavy metal celebrating its 40th anniversary this year um i you know we we talked about doing off years but i've i've been wanting to do one on this movie 
And uh, so I, I figured we'd just go ahead and do 40th anniversary instead of doing an off-year anniversary for it. And since, since I, didn't, I did the 50th for Led Zeppelin four this year. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't wait. Right. It's all fair. So, yeah. Well, you know, it is the mayhem manner. So I say we do it when we want. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, if you, if you haven't checked this movie out, check it out. Um, if you have checked it out, check it out again. <laughs> And, and we are aware of the South Park take on it where Kenny's on the big flying thing and the the heavy metal woman's boobs are resting on his head. It's it's hilarious. Check it out. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. so, but uh, any, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But you know what else our listeners should do? Um share us. They they should rate us and share us. Yes. And listen to us. Yes. Download us. Yes. Send us beer. Yes. Or meat. <laughs> or malort. Yeah, but it's all good. Yeah. But I don't have anything else. <laughs> uh, me either. Woohoo! Well, we'll I, see what Jody gets us down to. I, I, I said all I wanted to say about Heavy Metal the movie. <laughs> and I'll say no more! Ooh, <laughs> except for this! Except <laughs> 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 <And> this! <laughs> Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, before we go on to any other tangents, yes, uh, I'm I'm still James. I'm still Jody, I guess. <laughs> You're just as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> so, so, on on the note that should be heavy metal, but probably isn't if it's from the soundtrack. Well, we'll talk to you later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Uh, oh, throw, throw to me. I've got my arms open. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> I am the queen bee of jokes. No, that's Grand Funk Railroad. Sorry. I must have been dreaming. <laughs> that was a cheap trick. <laughs> oh well that's what happens when the mob rules <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna stop this gonna... little descent there <laughs> yes because we'd like all of you to like the episode <laughs> and i'm tired of these prefabricated puns <laughs> i'll see how you're gonna get the next one in there then i wish stevie next would have done a song called red lamp <laughs> as opposed to blue lamp right yeah <laughs> If, if you want another James is Angry episode, you can send me some Jameson. <laughs> uh-huh. so, that's still one of the infamous unreleased episodes. <laughs> but it's only a blow job if you're a sex worker. Otherwise, it's a blow hobby. <laughs> or I'll take me outro music's more metal than... <laughs> I mean, you know, come on, they're bagpipes.